I'm Pig Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Alright, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? We are back on the mic to discuss the Mavericks. Obviously, it has been uh, pretty thin in terms of news the last couple days. The Mavericks obviously traveled back from their 17,000-mile entourage overseas, and uh, they came back, and um, they had two days of practice, I believe, since they've gotten back. Um, they've had some other days where they had some optional workouts and what have you. Um, but there have been some injuries. Uh, they are still, um, bearing, you know, some unfortunate luck here, um, as we continue on in preseason and, you know, through all that as well, the Mavericks also still have one more preseason game tomorrow, uh, or no, not tomorrow rather, but Friday, um, on October 20th versus the Detroit Pistons, um, and um, it's been a sort of hectic whirlwind for the Mavericks uh, coming back here to Dallas. But, you know, they're also a, you know, we haven't just we haven't really had much to analyze either because they haven't been playing any games or anything. So uh, what have you sort of uh, gathered from, you know, this last week or so as far as the Mavericks are concerned, Jaron? Yeah, I mean, as far as roster movement goes, I feel like this was kind of similar movement as what we saw last year where. I can't remember who exactly it was, but I feel like we signed a guy and waved him just a few minutes later. Uh, and he was basically just a strict Texas Legends guy. That's kind of what we saw with Tajay Moore. I know we'll probably discuss more of that later. But as far as injuries go, uh, I mean, it, it really is bad luck. Just recently, yesterday, actually, uh, Jane Hardy and Josh Green uh, came on with the injury meal. I can't remember. Was Jane Hardy's a sprained ankle? And then Josh yeah, Green, he fell on his back. Fell on his back, um, yes. Yeah, so, that, I mean... I'm hoping those guys are ready. Uh, maybe not for the t- the last preseason game, but at least for the 25th, uh, which would be in a week from today. Um, but as far as Luca and Kyrie goes, it seems like Kyrie's fully back. I think Luca's going to be held out entirely uh, for that last preseason matchup. But I, I do know that there is some growing optimism uh, that he will play in that in that first season game or that first season opener. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, I feel like it's just been kind of. Uh, at least the last few days, it's been, you know, sort of subjective news, nothing too serious other than some injuries here and there. But outside of that, um, some roster movements that I guess, you know, kind of surprising in a way, or at least surprising for some fans that maybe haven't watched preseason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I think it's um, pretty kind of uh, routine stuff as far as coming to an end in training camp and preseason kind of goes. Yeah, we're going to get into um a few of those roster moves you know not just Tajay uh Tajay Moore there were a couple other moves uh some minute uh changes that the Mavericks made around the margins that we'll get into um you know here at the start of the podcast after the ad break and we'll also you know obviously uh, be getting into the main topic of today uh which is going to be who are the you know sort of swing factors and breakout guys for the Mavericks and then who are the wild cards this season for Dallas because you know we wanted to get a little bit of a, you know, sort of preview pod out 
um, with their, you know, kind of being thin on news. But, you know, we'll be back, right back to the grind with uh, Friday preseason game versus Detroit with a postgame pod for you guys. So uh, stay tuned for that, of course. Um, but we'll go ahead and get into the uh, the bulk of this episode. But before we do that, here is an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. All right, Jaron. So getting into it, some of these tidbits of news uh, that have sort of came out over uh, the last week or so since the Mavericks have got back to Dallas uh, after the preseason trip. Um, first of all, they did indeed end up waving uh, Mike Miles Jr. He did not even appear in one pre uh, one preseason game. Uh, obviously, he had a pretty decent summer league for the Mavericks, um, you know, playing guard right next there to Jelly Walker, especially in those last few games. He really um you know found his rhythm attacking the rim um but it seems like that chapter has came to a close obviously it was pronounced that he was out due to a illness in the first uh preseason game in Abu Dhabi versus the Timberwolves and we really had no sort of status updates on him after that um so um, we'll get into the other guys in a second but did you have anything um you know on him especially since you know the Mavericks signed him to a two-way and kind of just blew him off so quickly yeah, I mean, you know, I think it is real unfortunate and it kind of just shows the business side of basketball uh, because, I mean, like, you know, like I said, it is unfortunate because uh, he really didn't get an opportunity to play at all. Uh, I think had he had that opportunity, he probably would still be on this roster, at least right now. Uh, but look, you know, that nothing is guaranteed in this business. We see that right now uh, with what just happened to Mike Miles Jr., but um, I, I would be surprised if he's not in some way, shape, or form, unless if he gets another two-way contract somewhere else. I would be surprised if he's not on a Texas Legends roster, or at least at one point in time, it was you know some sort of affiliate with the Legends or just something along the lines of that. I would be very surprised if that's the case. I think Dallas kind of wants to keep him um, under wraps a little bit, but like I said, if there's another two-way contract out there, I hope for his sake that he goes and takes it. Uh, because again, you know, that's how you keep an NBA career alive. So I, I hope that if that opportunity does arise, he does take it. Yeah. Do you think that we can attribute the Mavericks waving him so early to uh, their inability maybe to consolidate some of their guards elsewhere in the offseason? Because uh, I saw like a couple of people uh, bring this up on Twitter um, that, you know, when they because the Mavericks are guaranteed uh, that two way contract to Mike Miles, uh, essentially like almost right after the draft. And, um, you know, maybe they had you know, just had in their plans that they were going to be able to move on from Tim Hardaway Jr. They, you know, may have coveted a a guard at that two-way spot a little bit more back then. Um, so, I mean, do you think that that could have played a factor into any of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we won't know for sure uh, until maybe some presumed deal comes out two years later uh, about how a Tim Hardaway package almost accumulated and never did. Uh, I mean, we just simply won't know that. But at least in my eyes, I think it was, you know, and I I do realize that the Mavericks did have another two-way spot open. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, with the rise of Dexter Dennis and how well he's played, I think that that's more of a position of need, at least for the Mavericks right now. But definitely, you know, if the Mavericks had something set up or, um, you know, I, I think especially whenever you look back at the signing of Seth Curry, like that definitely could play a part in that, uh, you know, being that they probably wanted to get off Tim Hardaway Jr. in that process. So, I you know, we won't know the answers to that. I could definitely see why there is speculation towards that. Uh, but look, you know, I, I think it is unfortunate, as I said before. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm I, glad it opened up a spot for Dexter Dennis. I think he's probably the right or at least the better fit in my eyes. I don't, you know, we can't really judge too much just because we never saw uh, Mike Miles play at all. But, you know, in my eyes, I think Dexter Dennis was at least the right choice. 
Yeah, and obviously the Mavericks still haven't officially signed Dexter Dennis to a two-way contract. There have been rumors and uh, there have been some pretty heavy hints that they are going to move in that direction, but uh, there has been nothing official on that front. The Mavericks also, of course, uh, waived Jordan, Jelly Walker, and Joe Wieskamp. Obviously, Jelly, Jelly Walker, you know, played more of a prominent role in the organization. You know, he was really out there hooping the last couple games in summer league, uh, just like Miles Jr. Um, and honestly, didn't look too bad in spot minutes in preseason. But, you know, gr- granted, that is preseason, uh, especially, you know, you know, being an end of the bench guy. None of these guys are, you know, going to get more than, you know, those fringe, you know, 10-ish minutes there at the end of the game. So they have to make the most of the opportunities and. I, I do think that obviously with the Mavericks, you know, sort of logjam at guard that definitely, uh, you know, played into account and to those uh, wavings, especially with probably Dennis uh, looking better than Wieskamp. That's that's probably the reason that, you know, Joe Wieskamp got waived. But um, obviously the Mavericks were able to accrue all of the returning player rights um, for um, both Walker and Wieskamp and Tajay Moore, uh, who they all waived. I do not know about – um, Mike Miles, um, or if that's just completely terminated, if he's going to try to get a two-way contract elsewhere, um, we'll obviously find more about, more out about that, I'm sure, soon. Um, but that's really all that uh, happened uh, in terms of roster moves that the Mavericks were uh, making around the margins here um, since they, they got back. And barring that, we just have, you know, that unfortunate injury news. But obviously, um, you know, if we want to delve a little bit deeper into that, Kyrie Irving, was a full participant in Mavericks practice on Tuesday. Um, so that's obviously, you know, really positive news. It seems like he's completely back healthy and ready to go. Uh, it seems like he likely at least will get some minutes in that, you know, dress rehearsal versus Detroit, unless the Mavericks are, you know, going to be overtly cautious. And, you know, if they are, I won't blame them. As long as he's healthy at the end of the day and ready to go on the regular season, you know, I, I have no complaints personally. You know, as Jaron talked about in the intro, Luca is still dealing with that left calf strain, um, you know, all signs are pointing towards him, you know, being uh, prepared. Uh, he's been on the elliptical bike. Um, you can see it even on his IG stories, he's up there on the day off trying to get his training in. So, hey, you know, per Mark Stein and, and some other inside sources, seems like Luca is going to be good to go uh, by the beginning of the regular season, but it's obviously not definitive or anything like that. So we'll just have to see how that, that goes because um, he's, he's obviously going to be taking it easy and the Mavericks are going to push him to take it easy. Uh, the next few days and obviously have him sit out this last game. Um, but I think where more people are concerned than anything, um, because, you know, the injuries to Doncic and Irving, uh, you know, were both known, um, known commodities. Obviously, we all knew that coming out of that trip. But uh, both, you know, the first and second day of practice, Josh Green with that back injury, Jaden Hardy with the sprained ankle. Um, Jason Kidd did say you're at least uh, the sort of tone in which he, um, you know, it's unveiled in, you know, the post-practice interviews yesterday uh, did seem like both of the injuries weren't serious, but they are, you know, pretty close, uh, obviously, to the start of the regular season and obviously very close to this game versus Detroit. Um, so what is your concern level uh, with those two injuries? Yeah, I think uh, I- I'm more so concerned about that sprained ankle. I know that that's an injury that uh, at least in years past, I don't know about Jane Hardy, but at least in years past, has held out former Mavericks for a little bit longer than a week to two weeks. Uh, and so to me, my uh, at least that's the most concerning part of that. But yeah, I mean, that back thing, you know, I don't know if it's a contusion 
Uh, I don't know if it's a bruise or something like that. I, you know, I, I really don't know the details of that back injury, but um, it, it is semi-concerning knowing that, you know, we are so close to the season and not just that, but we're also close to this last dress, dress rehearsal uh, versus the Detroit Pistons. Um, and I think it's a very valuable game for especially those two guys um, and Josh Green more in particular. I know that his is his role has kind of been on that fringe starting spot. Uh, I don't think that there's any confirmation yet uh, for that number three spot. So I think for him more so it's important to play that last game. Uh, but look, you know, we won't know anything indefinite. Uh, at least we haven't got any updates since that Tuesday uh, presser. I think Jason Kidd was in it. Uh, yeah, he was in that Tuesday presser. So, yeah, that, that was really the last details that we got. I don't really know when we'll get any more details. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, being that it's so close to the season, it is a little concerning uh, considering that those are our two uh, promising guys. I know we'll probably touch up on both those with the um, with our uh, sort of topic that we're going to discuss. But yeah, I mean, those are both guys that I, I feel like are pretty important to the season, especially Josh Green. Yeah, no, certainly it's I, I think we're just obviously happy at this stage that none of the injuries have um, been anything more than, um, you know, minor. Uh, but obviously we really don't have any confirmation. And, you know, with Hardy's thing, Anytime that there's ligaments involved, you know, that's obviously a little bit more concerning. We don't necessarily know the degree to which he sprained his ankle. So that's, I think, probably uh, the biggest area of concern um, coming out of all this. And, you know, if that does happen, you know, maybe, you know, if, if it gets announced that Hardy might be out for a month or two, for instance, you know, do we see the Mavericks, you know, change their direction in terms of maybe getting another guard in the two way? Like, you never know how these things could affect the the moves that the Mavericks make you know around the margins obviously we're, we're pretty close to the start of the regular season you know I, I doubt unless anything you know crazy sort of um materialized after a you know last minute James Harden fallout trade it doesn't really seem like the Mavericks are, are going to be making any more moves here um you know barring like I said those you know maybe moves around the margins with some two-way guys and stuff like that um you know you want you you want to you know sort of build a staple continuity at this stage in training camp um, and, uh, you know, go full fledged into the season um, with, with the group you have, obviously. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if when the roster is completely locked and loaded in, um, but uh, hopefully these injuries are, um, you know, just as minor as they seem because, um, you know, as long as everybody's healthy at the start of the regular season, um, hopefully all this, you know, just as, you know, a, a redundant sort of arc in training camp, but it obviously does suck from a continuity perspective, you know, trying to you know, get some decent practices in with your full personnel uh, ahead of the season actually starting. And, you know, that the Mavericks have all obviously been troubled with that, you know, from a personnel perspective, all preseason and training camp. And, you know, it's typically a time where most teams really don't have too many uh, health issues whatsoever. And, you know, you look comparatively across the league, most teams aren't really dealing um, with like four injuries, you know, really at a time. So obviously um, it, it is un unfortunate from that perspective, but, you know, all we can do is hope for the best going forward. And, you know, we're just lucky it's not too major, but, you know, getting into the actual bulk of the podcast here, um, we're going to be diagnosing the, you know, most potential breakout players for the Mavericks this season, as well as the guys um, that, you know, could you know, be huge ceiling raisers for the Mavericks and really swing the tide of their season if things go right. And then we're also going to be talking about some wild card guys on this roster that 
we think their season could, you know, go one of two ways. Uh, maybe uh, they end up having a really uh, good season where they perform a, ahead of expectations, but, you know, there's also, you know, signs, um, you know, whether it be reflective of their past play or something, uh, something of that nature that they obviously, um, you know, may have a worse season than expected for the Mavericks. So um, we're just going to be going ahead and getting straight into that, obviously. Um, so Jaron, uh, in terms of uh, a breakout slash ceiling raiser guy, um, who are you going to start us off with? Uh, with the breakout player, I want to say Derek Lively, but I'm going to go with Jane Hardy. Uh, I think Hardy is a type guy um, that if he is really if he does play well, if he does play at a high caliber level, he can definitely raise the ceiling of this team. Really? I, I you know, I don't think he's going to be a starter at any point this season. So I, as far as starting lineup goes, I think he's probably going to sit pretty well on that bench, but as far as a guard off the bench, whether it's Dante Exum or him, I, I think that he's probably going to be the guy, um, at least that's going to get the bulk of the scoring. And I think that if he can score at an efficient level, um, maybe not like we saw in preseason or at least the fa- the last few preseason games, um, you know, we, we should definitely see a breakout season. I, I like so far what we've seen from him. Uh, we've seen kind of a, uh, maybe not a new level of scoring, but just kind of a, a different level, or at least he's being more creative in a sense. Like he's getting his, to his spots. Uh, he's getting to, uh, the second level much easier than he was in his rookie season. And not just that, but, uh, you know, with the minutes that he had with Luca last season, we obviously saw that three point shot um rise dramatically and i think that if he can continue that and of course continue you know really his dribbling uh shot making creating all of those you know sort of levels and facets of the game uh if he can increase upon that and improve upon that upon that in the season uh that's the guy to me that i look at as a prime breakout target and also a prime ceiling raiser because you know you're not really expecting much out of him this season or at least we haven't up until really last few preseason games but um, you know, if he is going to do something, it would of course be semi soon. And, you know, I think especially with Seth Curry and everything, like they're going to be battling for minutes. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make it out of that race. Uh, and not just that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him dominate that race because Seth Curry, look, I love him. And I think that, you know, he's obviously good in his own rights, but, um, you know, as far as minutes go, you know, there's only going to be one of those guys that kind of gets that 15 to 20 minute range, maybe depending on a matchup, whatever it is. But I think Jane Hardy's going to be in my opinion, a prime guy to be that uh, quote unquote breakout target. That's interesting. I'm going to go with a little bit, I guess, of a, a hot take here, probably among Mavs fans, but I'd honestly put him more in the wild card uh, category if it was me, because um, just, you know, he he has obviously took a little bit of a step as a playmaker um, in terms of what we've seen from the summer league and, and preseason so far, you know, Hardy has impressed me with his handle and his ability to to get to the rim, but um, you know, he has had some efficiency woes in terms of his shooting. Um, he definitely hasn't been consistent as he was at the tail end of last year. Obviously, it's an extremely small sample size, so I'm not here to overreact and, you know, go with the uh, agenda that he's not going to play good this year, not have a breakout season. Um, but I do think it is a little bit more up in the air that he could be dealing with some sophomore slumps this year. So I'm going to go ahead and put him in the wild card situ- uh, category, but I could honestly see him, you know, going either way. And I, I don't think that even if he does have a down year, I don't think it's going to um, be something that throws off the whole trajectory of his development or his career. But I, I could see maybe a shooting or something of that nature, you know, taking a little bit hit of the 
taking a little bit of a hit as he tries to develop other areas of his game um, even furthermore. But, you know, I do think that he's going to be an integral part of the rotation um, regardless. Like he he's going to have to play um, and play at a decent level. So, um, you know, if he somehow starts playing bad enough to, you know, where he is out of the rotation, that's a whole, whole other discussion. I'm not necessarily alluding to that, but, you know, I, I could definitely see him kind of not, not regressing, but staying, you know, in a similar sort of, um, you know, realm as he was last year. So we'll, we'll just have to see how um, that goes, but moving on, I guess, with my next guy that I'll pick for um, a breakout season, um, I'm going to go ahead and run with Dante Exum. Uh, this is probably the cliche answer among most Mavericks fans right now. He obviously has had a really good preseason so far. Um, he's really um, been able to, you know, push the tempo and transition. He's He's been a great, um, you know, pester as an off-ball defender. And, you know, he's been really switchable as a one-on-one defender. You know, he, he's brought, brought over all these sort of intangibles that uh, people have talked about in, you know, his, his overseas play the last couple of years. Um, you know, playing in uh, Euro League and I believe the um, Turkish League, if I'm correct. Um, he's 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 really um, maybe in the Germany League, to be honest. I can't remember, but um, yeah, yeah, you may need to. I, I, think, I, I do know that Partizan uh, Belgrade, right? I know that they're a Serbian team, so I don't know if that'd be Serbian or Turkish. Wow. I'm, I'm not sure like where they play exactly, but okay, I know it's a Serbian team, yeah, but uh, anyhow, he obviously. Um, has looked really good in preseason so far, really polished. Um, he, he looks a lot more under control as a player. Um, he isn't, isn't second guessing himself as much in, in terms of trying to get to the rim and using his athleticism and his handle to get there. He's made some spot up threes, which has been really encouraging. That's obviously going to be something that he's going to have to continue to prove to be consistent upon. Cause uh, I don't know if he ever shot above maybe 33, 32% in his NBA career at any juncture, um, throughout his, you know, six or seven years or whatever that he played. Um, maybe five, even I don't know how much how much he played off the top of my head, but um, I you know the way he's been playing early on in preseason, um, being able to you know essentially guard one through three um, at, at a very high level, and also you know being able to you know run pick and roll, um, he, he's really good at using his athleticism to just force two defenders, and you know he's has a he's a just in the same sort of you know, since it's Josh Green, you know, it, it's not really he doesn't kick out the shooters as much, but he's able to find guys in the pick and roll and, you know, by contorting his body, um, you know, to make some really hard passes. So um, he's he's been very impressive early on. And I think that, you know, he will be a pretty big part of the rotation if he if he continues to play at this level. But, you know, we we obviously could be preemptive. There's only been three preseason games, so who knows? But um, that, that was my my second guy. Yeah, I mean, at least through everything that I have seen through, of course, three preseason games, I mean, heck, I think he's making a run for that six-man position. I don't know if that's, you know, a hot take or what, but, uh, you know, I think Tim Hardaway is obviously the standout guy for that position. But, um, you know, Dante Exum is, of course, making a run for his money in that. I I like what he's done, you know, whether it's playmaking defensively, of course, everything that you mentioned. Um, He's also controlled the pace extremely well. He's pushed the pace at times, you know, I I think – one of the things that he touched up on, at least on media day, that he learned in his time in EuroLeague was, you know, just how really to play, I, I guess, just the tempo of basketball, at least overseas. And I think that he's kind of brought that mature, uh, maturity and also brought that, you know, knowledge to the NBA, at least through what we've seen. 
And uh, I'm I'm really surprised with what we've seen. I have not seen really any bad moments from him, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, even, you know, if it's a, a missed three-point shot, it's always a well-taken three-point shot. I believe he's like two for four or three for five, something like that, and shots taken over so far. Um, we'll see, of course, as he plays Detroit. I believe, uh, I'm, I'm assuming like everybody's going to suit up besides Luca, of course, and uh, any other of the Hurt guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've really liked what I've seen. I think that he's going to be a really key guy. And I like, you know, that he's a breakout candidate in your list. He would be in mine. Uh, but of course, you already took him. So, you know, I, I think that being that he has such an important position uh, off the bench, I think that he's just primed to be that breakout candidate. And especially because of his past, I think uh, he's just had such a, you know, I guess disappointing past in the NBA that uh, I, that's like sort of what lives up to the, uh, the, uh, um, what do you call it? The, uh, I can't think of the name on it, but no, he, he sort of like is just primed for that. So that that's why I like it. Uh, I guess I'll go with my second guy real quick. We'll probably go with another guard. Uh, and you can even argue that he already had a breakout season, but we'll go with Josh Green here. Um, I think really everything that we've seen from Josh Green, pushing the pace, even making his usual flashy passes um, and scoring the ball, his jumper, as we've talked about at nauseum, has looked extremely well. Uh, there really is no sort of knacks you can make on it. It's super fluid. Um, and yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him miss like a, a really bad shot yet. And I, I think that says a lot because, you know, we really, not that we were used to seeing him take bad shots at some, at any point in his career, but um, there was times where his jumper looked a little bit questionable. And I think that so far uh, an off season or really two years of that has uh, proved him, you know, some benefit. So I, I really like what we've seen out of him so far. I'm hoping that he can play in this final preseason game. Because again, as I mentioned before, it's going to be a key game for him if he really wants to secure or lock in that starting spot. Uh, I think in my eyes, he's that starting guy, uh, that number three starting guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think everything that he's done defensively, of course, and of course on offense has just looked like a starting level uh, small forward in my eyes. And I think that he's going to pair next to Luca and pair next to Kyrie as we saw him do last season. Yeah, no. Um in the same sort of vein as Jaden Hardy, um, I honestly um, am going to take the same route here with Josh Green. And it's really not for anything necessarily that is in case control. If we're talking, you know, purely from um, uh, the standpoint of how I think he's going to perform this season, I would definitely, um, you know, go ahead and put him in that, uh, you know, ceiling raiser category. Cause I do think, you know, his summer with the Australian national team was excellent. Um, the, his jump shot even looks more fluid and, and quicker as you alluded to. And I, I do think that, you know, he's, he's poised to even take a bigger step offensively if he gets that role. Um, but there's obviously, uh, you know, the sort of, um, I guess growing sense, you know, in the, within the Mavericks organization, as it seems, you know, we've heard a little bit from Mark Stein is that, you know, we don't even know who's going to be starting at that, um, you know, that that last, you know, starting lineup spot that's kind of up in the air. Obviously, we have Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Grant Williams, and essentially Derek Lively, second confirmed uh, to start at this point. Um, but, you know, with um, that that last spot, there's, you know, been some a growing sense that Derek Jones Jr. may be able to get it, um, potentially even Exum. And I, I don't, you know, I think Josh is, and, you know, in his limited minutes where he's been, you know, tasked with 
having to create offense for himself in preseason. He's looked really good. And I think in all other facets of the game, he has looked really good in preseason, but you know, as, as with everybody in the, on the roster, he has had pretty limited opportunities. And um, my, my only sort of fear in any of this is the October 23rd deadline for his contract extension. Uh, If the Mavericks aren't able to, you know, you know, come to an extension on that and the two sides end up, you know, taking a, you know, the qualifying offer and, you know, then we sort of run into this, um, you know, growing speculation of when is Josh Green going to get traded because he's going to become a restricted free agent or, or I don't even know, or would he become an unrestricted free agent because he took the qualifying? Think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it would be unrestricted. Now you yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, just seeing how that situation would play out, um, I, I that's my only hesitancy to to label him right off the bat, um, you know, as a guy that's that's going to be in that ceiling raiser category. But, you know, once his future is secure and locked in in Dallas, I think that, you know, without a doubt, I would, I would put him in that category. But, you know, we have, we have five days till we'll find out for sure, um, you know, exactly how that's going to go or, or I guess it's October 18th. Yeah. So five days. Um, so, you know, we'll obviously just have to see how all of that plays out. But I, I do think that, you know, I guess if we're, you know, technically speaking, I think whether it's with the Mavericks or, another team i think josh green will indeed have a a breakout season in year four but the whole situation with his role being somewhat up in the air after you know i i think he proved enough last season as the incumbent um starter you know even if he did have a little bit of a down stretch after that injury you know after the all-star break area when Kyrie got there i, I do think that he, you know he proved enough and he's, he still looked good enough in preseason to maintain his starting role you know especially what he can add to the offense as a cutter um, at, at his age and, you know, de- even furthermore defensively, he even took a bigger step this this uh, summer with the Australian national team in terms of taking a bigger role defensively. Um, you know, I, I do think that that would just be truly invaluable. So, you know, he's my personal choice to start. But um, as we approach this deadline, it is getting a little bit weirder that a deal has not got done yet. I'm still confident that, you know, the two sides will come to an agreement. There hasn't been anything really denoting that they they want they won't. But um, like I said, um, we're just going to have to to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, to your point about that contract, um, it is a little scary that he could become an unrestricted free agent at the end of this contract if he is to not sign. Uh, but look, I think, you know, everything that we've seen, everything that we've been told has kind of been otherwise. The two sides maybe aren't, you know, on, you know, 100% online together. But I think a deal is pretty much it, um, it's pretty much imminent. Uh, and I think a deal will likely be worked out, you know, hopefully here in the next few days, hopefully it's not exactly on the 23rd, uh, but similar to Maxi, uh, we saw that deal get worked out previous to last year's start of the season. I think we could see something similar, uh, with Josh green. Yeah. So moving on to our next guy, there aren't, you know, too many guys, um, that I want to put in this breakout category, um, because, you know, I, I do think that, um, like I said, that there has to be, um, a, a, at least a somewhat decent reason, you know, behind that in terms of, um, you know, the sort of growing sense of, um, how good this, these guys have played in preseason or, you know, if they've had a good summer, um, that's, that's why I'm, you know, just being so meticulous with who I'm putting on this list. You know, if we really wanted to, I guess we could say like Luca and Kyrie, um, cause they're obviously going to, you know, play good and hopefully even beyond expectations, but to, you know, assume that they're going to play above expectations is a while, you know, it's kind of wild in itself because they're already so good. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to tap, you know, throw that upon them on my rankings. 
Um, but I guess lastly, if you want to get into, you know, one more guy, uh, I know you and I kind of agreed on him before the podcast um, in terms of the guy that we both had in our list, and that is Derek Jones Jr. And regardless if he starts or comes off the bench, um, I, I think that that's definitely going to be dependent on how effective his three-point shooting is. Um, but, you know, he's been in the NBA for eight years, but he came out really early right out of UNLV. I think he was only like 18. He's only 26 and doesn't turn 27 until uh, I believe like February 15th. So, I mean, he, he's still a pretty young guy. He's still uber athletic. Um, he's already shown, you know, his ability to, you know, affect the game, you know, from a rebounding, um, you know, from a cutting perspective, um, you know, obviously from, you know, defensive perspective, you know, he's, he's essentially done all the little things, um, you know, within his few preseason games uh, that the Mavericks just didn't have last year from the wing position. They just didn't really have a lot of dimensionality. Um, and his athleticism has definitely uh, been a breath of fresh air, to say the least. Um, obviously, Josh Green's really athletic, but, you know, there just really wasn't a guy off the bench or, you know, another guy that could do any of those sort of things. And I mean, you know, Derek Jones Jr., former slam dunk champion, he's obviously, you know, he can jump out of the gym. Um, but, you know, what I've been more impressed by, like I said, was, you know, his ability to fill in with within, you know, the sort of intricacies of the game. He's just a really savvy player overall. You can tell his love for basketball. If you listen to like any, you know, of his sort of interviews at media day and, um, you know, he just does a lot of the little stuff um, in terms of, you know, always, you know, filling the right role, you know, um, you know, making the right cut, um, things of that nature. So I've, I've obviously really been impressed with him um, thus far. Um, the Mavericks, you know, have some offensive actions that they can run in terms of, you know, some backdoor lobs uh, with him out there. And, you know, if his three point shooting comes into fruition, um, then he he can be really effective, but regardless, if it even if it doesn't, he's still going to be a guy that you know can be serviceable as a cutter and in the short role, and he's going to find his way to get a few points every game just just off of you know sheer athleticism alone. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you said. I think you know, and I I do agree with you that you know just sort of what he gives you on the court can you know ultimately just open up the offense by itself. Uh, his athleticism, his you know knowledge of the game, his ability to cut. Uh, read the defense, do all these things, uh, honestly expands your offense so much. And I think that the Mavericks, once they fully tap into that, are going to open up a lot more, you know, offensive actions for him and also, you know, work off ball for yeah. Luca, uh, Kyrie, whoever it is, I think that they're going to get a lot more actions uh, with Derek Jones Jr. in that uh, in that lineup. But, um, you know, even defensively, I really, I really liked what yeah. I've seen. He's, of course, a lengthy defender, a guy that, you know, is going to give you uh, pretty much, um, you know, all the effort in the world. I, I think from what we've seen so far, of course, he's a high flyer. He's going to do everything in his power uh, to, you know, attract those backdoor cuts, attract those sort of 45 cuts, whatever it is, and catch that lob pass. I think that we've already seen that expanded on uh, with his game in Real Madrid. But so far, uh, I, I think that he's a prime breakout candidate. You know, maybe not anything that we're going to see, like his, you know, three-point numbers might not jump out from, I think his traditional 34% to like 39%. I don't think we'll see a breakout like that or a jump like that. Uh, but just in terms of his production and just in terms of what he does on the court, I could very well see a breakout season coming our way uh, for himself and also just for the team in general. I think that he's a guy um, almost in the wild card sort of view, uh, but I think that he's a guy that can change the tide of what this season could potentially be. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And the only reason I even put him in the breakout category is because even if he doesn't shoot, you know, good from three and, you know, he kind of 
is the same player that he was with Chicago last year. It's still definitely a wing that the Mavericks need, you know, off the bench. And, you know, like you said, to highlight some of those, you know, what he's going to be able to do for them defensively, being able to, you know, switch one through three. He's very quick footed. Um, he's shown that he can be a great, great defender in all facets so far in preseason. Obviously, you know, he'll struggle a little bit, you know, kind of getting pushed around. He's a lanky guy, a uh, sort of lengthy guy. Um, you know, definitely could add a little bit more muscle to his frame. So, you know, he's still young ish. So it'll be intriguing to see if he ever does that any, you know, part throughout his career. But, um, you know, as currently stands, um, he, he can still, you know, defend one through three pretty effective. So he'll definitely, um, you know, be help. He'll definitely be helpful for the Mavericks this year, whether it's off the bench or starting. Um, so, you know, that'll obviously kind of just depend on how, how good he ends up shooting from three and, you know, is how expansive his offensive game is, like we talked about. Um, but moving on uh, into a couple more wild card guys before uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one off. We uh, first got um, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Jaron. Um, we kind of both agreed on mo- most of the wild card guys before we even started the podcast. Um, so with Rashawn Holmes, what what is your reasoning for um, you know him being a sort of wild card guy, even though he's had a rough start to the preseason, say the least? Yeah, I mean, you know, at, at least so far, as long as we look uh, at that sort of center position, you know, Dwight Powell, uh, we've seen how um, I'm going to label it as horrible. Uh, we've seen how, we've seen how horrible he has played through three preseason games. Uh, not to say that uh, Rashawn Holmes has played any better, but I think that he's a guy that, you know, is primed to at least take that next step, take that number two spot. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I think Derek Lively is a pretty much guaranteed starter, at least in my eyes. Uh, but Holmes, you know, might have a potential opportunity to become that number two, especially if uh, DP, you know, continues on this sort of downward trek. We could very well see him take that take that leap. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that he's definitely a guy that, um, you know, if the Mavericks, or let's say this, uh, you know, if Holmes has a sort of, you know, 2020-esque season, or maybe not even on that line, but, uh, you know, remotely that close to that, um, you know, I don't know if he'll start necessarily, but he could very well be a guy that, you know, you look at as a lethal guy off the bench. Uh, maybe even in a playoff series, you use him off the bench as one of those top eight rotational guys. So I think he's a guy in my eyes uh, that sort of dictates, you know, uh, almost the trajectory of this team. Uh, you know, he's not going to come in there every night, at least from what we've seen, he's not going to come in there every night and be the most productive guy. Uh, but, you know, pretty much as a wild card in the definition of it, you know, he's, gonna dictate or maybe not dictate but he's gonna come in there every few nights and change the course of game uh and i think that rashawn holmes is pretty much uh he's that kind of guy uh at least (laughs) i mean it sucks to say that we have uh dwight powell and rashawn holmes as their like secondary center but uh you know that's that's the world that we live in today and uh you know i think rashawn holmes of course is the better of the two and um and not right alone i think uh he's gonna get that wild card spot for me i know will you'll probably touch up a little bit more on it but that's that's my reasoning for it yeah no if, if obviously if he does end up having a resurgence uh to you know return to form with how he was you know playing in sacramento before um you know those sort of false accusations came out and he had sort of that legality trouble and then you know his role was kind of thrown to the garbage after some injuries and Sabonis getting traded there i mean obviously if he can return to form from that perspective i mean yes he's you know, he, he may even start over lively, um, you know, depending on how everything plays out. Um, but that's, you know, by no means a guarantee. And he's looked pretty rough in preseason so far, you know, barring a couple good minutes in the first game. So, you know, how he plays defensively, um, if, if he can be serviceable on that end and, you know, be effective in the short role, 
uh, and be a, you know, a good rebounder on the other end, you know, that's obviously uh, going to be huge. You know, he's, he's been a guy that's, you know, had really good, uh, you know, points per possession in the pick and roll throughout the course of his career. And um, he's, he's going to have to being that, you know, he's going to have to get back to being that dynamic big offensively uh, at the very least, if he wants to, you know, see consistent minutes, because even right now, I'd say maybe even Dwight Powell's honestly played a little bit better in preseason, but, you know, both of them have played, you know, pretty bad to, to say the least um, having started off here. So that's, that's going to be uh, interesting to monitor, but, you know, to your point, Jaron, even if, you know, lively, uh, you know, does start, he's still not going to maybe be a 30 minutes a game guy. Still probably going to operate in that 20, 25 minutes a game. The Mavericks are still going to need backup rim protection. And I think the reason that Holmes is so pivotal, the reason that he's such a big wild card is because, you know, how he plays, if he's going to be serviceable defensively, uh, that's going to dictate a lot of the Mavericks, um, you know, rim protection uh, throughout the course of the game, you know, between him and Powell, um, because, you know, when you know you have Lively in there, at least you have a threat, um, you know, there, he's obviously going to make some rookie mistakes, but you at least have, you know, a very imposing figure in front of you. But with the other two guys, um, it's definitely going to be up to their effort and, uh, you know, how savvy they are and how defensively aware they are on that side of the ball. Um, moving on to a couple more wild card guys. I don't think we really have any more um guys in terms of the ceiling raiser category um starting off i think the biggest wild card that almost any mavericks fan can probably agree um you know amongst the consensus i would say is Derek lively second because obviously you know he has essentially been delegated this role um where he is going to be the starter even though you know he may not be you know from a developmental perspective ready for that. But at the same time, he might be because all the reports coming out of Mavericks training camp, you know, have been so overtly positive, you know, they've said that he's made so much strides in terms of, you know, his, you know, ability to pick up defensive coverages um, and, you know, his screen setting, stuff like that. But we'll have to see that translate to the court. You know, there have been some very promising, um, you know, plays from him in preseason, you know, within the pick and roll, um, and, you know, just in terms of establishing himself as a rim protector, he's a big threat out there and he has a lot of athleticism to be able to get after shots. Um, you know, sometimes he can be out of position. He's, um, you know, may, you know, not be in the right place where he needs to come up and protect a shot. Uh, but when he is in the right position, more more often than not, he does not get scored on, um, you know, unless it's a a strength factor like we saw with, you know, Gobert in that in that Minnesota game where he he just literally wasn't strong enough to to be able to contain him in the post. So. Um, I, I think he, uh, you know, how he plays and the trajectory of his play, you know, whether he improves throughout the season will obviously, um, be a huge factor for how good the Mavericks, the Mavericks can be. Cause it's, you know, not really as much on offense, but defensively it's going to, you know, matter, you know, insurmountably in terms of, you know, how his play is reflective, you know, honestly upon some of these Mavericks wins or losses. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I like what you said. Uh, he's really quite literally going to be like the biggest X factor on this team. Uh, and in doing so, it's going to make him a wild card. I think that, you know, everything at heart is probably, you know, everything is right. I think that he's probably the best starting caliber center that we have on this roster. Um, you know, I, I think he's the best defensive start, uh, center that we have on this roster. So like in that sense, I, I like lively starting, but at the same time, uh, he's a rookie. You know, we have seen his rookie moments already just through three games already. And, you know, th it's been, a little bit of an eyesore uh, and it will continue to be that way, but he has also had some, some very good moments. He's, uh, you know, some very uh, high flying moments with the sort of lobs that he catches, but 
Um, you know, I, I will say this, like he, he's a guy that is going to get better every game. Uh, I mentioned this before in the podcast, but he's going to be a guy that gets better every game. Uh, we've already seen that, uh, just really since the beginning of training camp and summer league and everything like that, he's progressed so much already. Uh, but still, you know, is that going to be worthy of a starting caliber spot? You know, that has yet to be seen, you know, we don't know if that's going to be yanked maybe five games into the season. We don't know yet. Uh, but as, as we've seen, uh, you know, he's kind of the best guy at that center position and, you know, and I think he deserves that starting spot, but yeah, I mean, I think a wild card is probably the best description for him. Uh, because again, I think that this sort of, um, how Derek Lively does uh, being that the Mavericks seem so committed to him, uh, is really going to dictate how the Mavericks season goes. Um, if he goes poorly and, you know, uh, we see all the rookie moments happen, he's just unable to read defenses his strength isn't up to par for those starting centers he's just getting bullied in and out from you know even mediocre centers uh we could very well see a pretty lackluster season that we saw last year like we saw last year uh but you know again if he shifts the tide if uh you know he i guess plays better than expectations then you know we could very well see him uh sort of change the course of the mavericks uh it just you know we have yet to see it on both ends of the spectrum so we'll see uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little nerve wracking to say that we have a starting center uh, or a rookie starting at the center position who's going to be so vital to this season's success, um, being that this is such a key season, not just for the Dallas Mavericks, but for Luka Doncic, uh, you know, what's going to happen with his career. It kind of, you know, I don't want to say it like falls on Derek Lively's shoulder, but uh, I think a huge part of it could end up being how lively plays is uh you know what's sort of uh the talking point at the end of the season so you know we'll have we have yet to see it of course we're just not entering the season but yeah to me he's probably the biggest wild card and biggest consensus consensus uh god i can't speak right now uh the biggest probably wild card for anybody uh, that uh you know probably has a say in that yeah i know and uh obviously <clears throat> you know i'm i'm intrigued to see how increased time playing with luca and kyrie uh could obviously you know change how good he is on offense and you know him being able to find you know those gaps with those guys drawing so much attention is going to be uh really interesting because we obviously haven't you know got really a heavy dosage of seeing them together barring just a few minutes here in preseason so that's definitely something to to monitor i think going forward as well um but yes he's for sure in my opinion um the biggest wild card obviously it's not fair to to play so you know such drastic expectations on him but you know fans are you know, going to, you know, obviously get upset and, and get happy, you know, between the the different moments with him. And um, I, I think just going forward, we have to understand that even if he is not ready to be the starting center, even if the Mavericks are kind of forced to make a trade maybe earlier than they'd like to, you know, they, they may even try to opt to make a trade, even if Lively is doing decent, we'll see how that all uh, transpires. But um, that that's not to say that, you know, if, you know, if he does come in and, he's not ready that, you know, he's bound to, you know, not be the center of the future in Dallas. Like, you know, he is a rookie at the end of the day and he has been, you know, like we said, tasked with a pretty hard position here. So, you know, as long as he doesn't just totally um, bust it and, you know, go Hashim to beat mode, then we should be okay. Um, But we'll obviously have to, um, you know, see how everything plays out. Um, But otherwise I think our last wild card um, and he's obviously had a pretty rough preseason, so I'm kind of hesitant to even put him there. But, you know, I think he very well could develop a lot throughout the season. It does, you know, kind of appear that his confidence is definitely rattled. 
uh, you know, being that it's his first time on the NBA stage, but that guy is Olivier Maxence Prosper. And I think that obviously if he, if he can be, um, you know, a, a wing that can come in and, um, you know, defend, um, you know, in all fronts, he's extremely switchable, has good strength, you know, he's, he's going to be able to do that, um, you know, at the bare minimum, but his offensive game has, um, you know, I wouldn't say completely left him, or maybe that is a good word, but it is not look near as effective against NBA competition as it did against, you know, summer league guys and what have you um, would, would be my main um, sort of takeaway. And, you know, he hasn't been able to shoot well in preseason um, his single dribble blow buys um, definitely, you know, need to be diversified up a little um, because he is a guy that kind of just, you know, he's, he's very aggressive, but you know, he, he is, he doesn't really change up um, his approach in terms of how he's trying to attack to, you know, attack the rim in one-on-one situations. It's a lot of um, just straight line drives and, you know, they, that stuff like that does pay dividends, you know, when attacking off closeouts, but you do want to be able to get a little bit of better of a handle and even, you know, in situations where he's got to the rim, you know, he just looked kind of like generally unconfident sometimes there have been some times where he's, he's pump faked and just hesitated too much to go up. And, you know, I just, we obviously just want to see him have that same sort of aggressiveness that he does in summer league, but there's, it's only been three preseason games and, you know, he had been impressing a lot over the summer up until that point, you know, uh, NBA scouts at the Rico Hines runs were, you know, saying that they didn't even know this guy was a rookie. I mean, there, there's a lot of good stuff, obviously, coming out of, you know, this summer and training camp uh, that would point in the direction that, you know, he'll end up turning this around at some point. But he's had a pretty rough start here during the preseason, and I think it's kind of caught a lot of Mavericks fans off guard. Um, you know, explain why he could still be a wild card this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously his start to the season has been a little concerning. Um, there, I mean, there was obviously high expectation for him. He hasn't really lived up to the expectation yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to speak on why he's so crucial for this season is because again, I mean, he's adding depth to that three position, a position that is, you know, very much in need, uh, in terms of the rotation that the Mavericks currently have. I mean, the only other true three, uh, I guess nobody's even like a true position nowadays, but the only other true three that I can really think of, uh, might be, you know, Derek Jones Jr. That might be it. Uh, and you know, I, I, as far as those two go, I mean, of course, you know, Jones Jr. has played a lot better, but, you know, I think uh, Maxon's Prosper is definitely going to be the guy to hopefully lead the pack in that as the season goes. Or I don't know about hopefully lead the pack, but I'm, I'm hoping that he can take the lead in terms of that because, we, again, you know, we just want to see him be successful. Um, you know, he was such a not highly coveted rookie, uh, but I would say coming into camp, uh, there was a lot of expectations, a lot of, you know, positive things that were being heard around the league, really. Uh, in his name. And I, I think that, you know, likely we'll see him turn it around. But again, this is kind of been a little bit concerning because it, it seems more of a confidence thing than a, you know, ability thing. Um, we've seen him get around some defenders, not super effectively, uh, but we've seen him, you know, get around some defenders. We've seen him get the open shots. He's just kind of looking hesitant when doing so. Uh, even defensively, you know, we have seen some pretty bare moments where he's just kind of ball watching something that we never really got accustomed to watching uh, with his time in the summer league, or even in college, if you watched any tape, uh, he was always a guy that was moving off ball. Um, even defensively, he was a guy that was moving off ball, trying to get the guy either with the ball or the sort of off ball cutter in an uncomfortable situation. He's always been really good at that. And we just haven't really seen that so far in his pro league debuts. But uh, with that being said, you know, I, I think that kind of lists him in that wild card spot because, you know, 
it's the hype has certainly fell off, uh, but we could very well see him sort of hone in uh, and become the sort of NBA player that we all expected him to be. I don't know if he'll live up to a starting expectation like we saw in that first preseason game. I don't know if he'll ever live up to that again, uh, at least this rookie season, of course. But, you know, I think he's a guy that's pretty prominent and pretty important uh, for this NBA season if the Mavericks want to make it far. And again, strictly for a depth reason, strictly for uh, athleticism, defensive reason. I think that he's very important uh, for this Mavericks success. I, you know, I think once we get halfway through the season, it'll be intriguing to see what his three point numbers are, because again, he's going to be a guy that's working off ball. He can of course create on his own. We've seen that before, but um, I think more so systematic wise, uh, seeing his three point numbers is going to be really important and really emblematic of, uh, you know, can this be something continuing forward or is this guy, you know, really just not meant for, uh, or not, maybe not meant, but is he just not prepared for the NBA as much as we thought he was? So it'll be, um, intriguing to watch moving forward. I think, you know, I think he's a lot, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a playing in that final preseason game. I'm sure he'll get a lot of minutes. I think a lot of those sort of, um, rotational line guys are going to get a lot of minutes and I'm hoping he's one of them. Uh, but yeah, it'll be intriguing to see him play. Uh, and you know, if it is just a confidence thing, or maybe he's just in a shooting slump, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, he's had 10 days to rest now, so we'll see, how, we'll see what it looks like moving forward. But yeah, it's definitely in my eyes, this is a wild card guy by definition. Yeah, definitely. And I really like what you talked about defensively too, because that definitely sort of, you know, sums up the preseason that he's having, um, you know, from the perspective that it does kind of look like, you know, some of it might be confidence related, just getting the jitters out, but you know, we are definitely, you know, just going to have to see uh, going forward with him. Um, I, I do think that, you know, he obviously fits the mold of a player that would, you know, be huge, you know, a huge contributor to the Mavericks. And, you know, it almost seems like the there was a growing sense that, you know, he, he'd be one these guys, you know, three games into the preseason that we'd be talking more about in the, uh, you know, department of ceiling raisers and, and breakout guys potentially because, you know, we, we did think that, you know, hey, like this guy may have a you know a chance to, <clears throat> you know, make a run at the starting lineup, but it just doesn't seem like he may be ready for that. So uh, we'll continue to track his development, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, he, you know, if he can insert himself into the rotation, I think at this point, I think that would be a win for his rookie season. If he can yeah, you know, be a consistent rotation player, even if it's, you know, just 10 to 15 minutes a game. But um, unless you have anything else for us here today, Jaron, that's going to be it from us. We will catch you guys after the preseason game in Detroit, probably uh, going to take tomorrow off just because it's only a day out uh, from that game. Uh, but then we'll be back with a couple more pods for the regular season, of course, as well, since there's definitely a decent gap in there. Um, you know, stay plugged into our personal Twitters, of course, at Will Miljay, at Jaron Boslow. Uh, we're producing content all the time for the Smoking Cuban, and we are excited to announce that we are going to be starting a, a new venture with pro sports fans uh, doing some some live stream content. Um, we are also going to be doing um, some pregame shows, things of that nature. So you guys are going to be able to get to see our faces more, and we're going to be much more active on Twitter promoting that stuff, especially with the season uh, you know, about to kick off here. Um, so we are really excited for all that opportunities and to sort of um, intertwine and connect, you know, our fan bases on every respective platform. You know, we don't really look at this like, you know, we, we have all these different, you know, separate deals that we're doing. We just look at it as, you know, we're trying to get out as much maps content to you guys as possible. And that's what we uh, pride ourselves on. So 
Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening this far in the podcast. If you've uh, made it this far, like I said, check out our stuff on the Smoking Cuban. Of course, if you haven't, um, you know, subscribe to our podcast on whatever listening platform you're listening on, you know, make sure to do that. Uh, whether it's Apple Pod, uh, Podcasts, Spotify, any of that sort of stuff, turn on post notifications so you guys can get updated whenever we post an episode as well and give us a review. Um, if, if you really do enjoy our content, we would appreciate that. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, we appreciate you listening there as well. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, um, comment down below. Um, we didn't really get into them today because we didn't uh, really have the time and we kind of only wanted to do the main roster. But comment down below if there's any two-way guys that you think could potentially uh, you know, be a wild card for the Mavericks or insert themselves into the rotation to uh, to maybe actually um, you know, change the the course of direction of the maverick season or their rotation so comment down below if you think there's any guys like that if you've listened this far and uh otherwise follow the podcast on twitter at mainstream 214 i don't really think there's anything else you got anything else here uh rangers play tonight let's hopefully take a 3-0 series lead 3-0 series lead rangers have not lost in the postseason yet Uh, are they 7-0 now uh 7-0 yes hopefully going 8-0 hopefully going 8-0 so going to beat the Strohs tonight and we will catch you guys after the preseason game versus Detroit. See ya.